This is the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast with Rachel Spencer. Listen in each week for tips on ways to win media coverage and create content to make sure your pet business stands out from the competition. This week on the podcast, I've got a really exciting episode and it's about how to give awesome radio interviews with Anna Webb. So if getting on the radio is one of the goals for your pet business, then you are going to love this episode. So Anna is a seasoned BBC radio presenter and she is a co-host of Barking at the Moon on BBC Radio London. She has her own show, A Dog's Life podcast. She has been a guest on shows like Jeremy Vine, Trisha and Alan Titchmarsh. She's also a dog trainer and a canine nutritionist as well. So she has so much to share and so much knowledge when it comes to being a pet professional and being on the radio. In this episode, you're going to learn how pet business owners can give fantastic radio interviews. And there's going to be loads of tips on everything from getting rid of your nerves to what kit you need, what to do if the interview goes in the wrong direction, how to build up rapport with the host and how to give a really great interview. Anna also shares what it's like to go head to head with the Pope's biographer in a debate over whether it's selfish to have dogs and not children. You are going to love this episode and I can't wait to hear what you think of it. So now on to the main part of the show. Do let me know your thoughts. Do go and follow Anna on social media as well. All the links are in the show notes for this episode and she's at Anna Web Dogs. And I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed chatting to Anna. Hi, Anna. I'm so excited to have you here to talk to me on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. No, listen, Rachel, thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's brilliant to have you here. So can you tell us a little bit about you and what you do, Anna? Well, gosh, um, I guess I wear a few hats. Um, uh, I I train uh, dogs and offer nutrition advice. I also um, write lots of content and articles for people. I obviously have my own podcast um, called A Dog's Life. And um, I do a few radio interviews from time to time. Brilliant. Okay. So we're here today to talk about doing radio interviews because this is something which brilliantly um, a lot of pet professionals who I've been working with and who listen to the podcast and who are in my free group are doing, which is really, really great. Um, I've never really, I've never done any radio myself, so I can talk a lot about print, but I can't talk about radio. And I know that many of them are big fans of you and your podcast. So I thought who better to talk about doing radio than you? So really excited to have you here and tell us a bit about your podcast as well before we get stuck into the um, interview about radio. Oh, well, the podcast really was born from my radio experience, really. Yeah. So it's quite related. Um, I like to think of my podcast as kind of my journey um, in with dogs over a lifetime by cherry picking people's subjects, natural health issues, natural nutrition, training issues to help people navigate the world with dogs in a modern world really yeah. so it's like all my favorite people really or people that have taught me or impacted on me um through over 50 years of being absolutely mad and passionate about dogs brilliant and you've had some really um really prestigious guests on there haven't you so tell us about some of the people you've had on there <laughs> oh well I suppose um 
and the most prestigious guest um, was uh, my first guest, yeah. uh, Dr. Rupert Sheldrake, who um, talks about the sixth sense and how the paranormal is normal and how the supernatural is actually extremely natural. Um, when I read his work way back in uh, about 2008, really changed my whole view of dogs and vindicated me because there were times with my first bull terrier Molly that I really felt we were communicating in real time and that's really what Rupert is talking about in his book called Dogs That Know When Their Owners Are Coming Home because Molly had such a knowingness you know and you often hear people say well I don't know how my dog knows I was thinking about going for a walk in 10 minutes but it's really weird he's sitting by the front door <laughs> you know and this is something we talk about in that episode yeah. yes <laughs> I'll, link, I'll link to it in the show notes but I remember reading I remember listening to that when you first launched and it was such a fascinating chat and I went and actually found his book in a brilliant bookstore as well so I have his book um thanks for listening to to your oh my chat. gosh have you read it yet Rachel I've read a little bit of it. I need to properly sit down, have some time off and get stuck into it. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You won't be disappointed. No, it is brilliant, brilliant. And that was actually all through medical detection dogs who way back in the day. So I learned about Rupert Sheldrake through the man that really was the brainchild behind the charity medical detection dogs, yeah. a guy called Dr. John Church, who said you must have read Sheldrake Hannah and I said no I, I haven't John he went oh my word uh, you must get dogs that know when their owners are coming home so I did and I was like oh and we must get Rupert onto the dog slot that yes. I still do on BBC Radio London um, the longest kind of feature show of of its kind well the only one of its kind on um certainly the BBC global network <laughs> which is quite something to say I guess yeah. <laughs> a dedicated um hour all about dogs on the BBC anyway so R Rupert came on um, the show a few times and that was really great and I was honoured he did my podcast so he really kicked off a dog's life with Anna Webb and then we've just gone really I guess from strength to strength um the latest podcast includes Victoria Stilwell talking about her new UK series of It's Me of the, or the Dog um, and lots and lots more Rachel lots more. <laughs> yeah I listened to the Victoria Stilwell chat while I was walking the dog and I wrote so many things in my phone to um, that I got from listening to that conversation it was really interesting. I love the stuff that she talked about where she was talking about um, dogs approaching other dogs in the park and actually how you know, just we, about being more considerate as a dog owner and what it's like for our dogs. So it's a really good conversation. I really enjoyed that. Um, so just, I know that you also, you've, you've got a background in PR as well and you work with medical detection dogs when they launched many years ago. Um, and it would be really helpful for you just to share a little bit about, as a journalist, the kind of things that, that work for radio and the kind of things that work as stories when it comes to pet businesses. What kind of things, you know, what kind of things would appeal to you? What kind of stories appeal to you? Okay, so I mean, I guess talking about one that we talked about um, last night, actually, there was a piece in the papers all about luxury treats for dogs and how through the pandemic, treats for dogs have 
really skyrocketed actually in price, which I, I must say, you know, is a bit it's a bit counterintuitive, I think, you know, during the pandemics, everyone's, you know, going through a bit of a tough time. But yeah. you know, the fact that dog treats sell um at uh, 10 times more than a human equivalent of, you know, um, a packet of biscuits or a bag of sweets, you know, which is a lot, you know, and I, and, and, you know, and the question was really, do dogs really need these treats? There's some treats now that are coming out that are made with caviar yeah. and, um, <laughs> you know, and what about actually thinking about not giving your dogs treats at all as rewards, but re- this was my question to the yeah. to our guest um, because it's something I actually um, recommend in my training practice is to focus totally on proactive play yeah. because through play with your dog you really are establishing a great bond because you have to remember that all dogs really want to do is have fun so if you could be the provider of your dog's fun and I mean really great fun um, then you're going to be more interesting um, when you're out and about than another dog, than a lump of fox poo or even a pigeon. <laughs> so, um, and that's what you need in the park. And that's what we haven't got at the moment in the park, unfortunately. Um, you know, as as I said, you know, w- with Victoria on that podcast, you know, 45% of dog owners at the moment in Britain actually dread going to the park at the moment because mm. there are so many untrained dogs around. Yep. And, you know, and that's, it's not good, you know, it's, um, you know, everyone wants to enjoy their dog and enjoy their walk. So it is um, about being um, not so selfish, really. Yeah. Oh, I my think. gosh, definitely. I was at, I was out running with this is this is why I was thinking about your chat with Victoria. I was out running with Patch yesterday and we've got a canicross kit. So he's attached to me on a special line and harness and belt and everything. And then two dogs just jumped all over him and you can see that he's attached to me. And he's when they're running, I'm, you know me, I'm not a dog trainer, but I know that um when they're running and they're attached to you it's like they're working and he doesn't want to be jumped all over and oh anyway we're going off on one a little bit here but we are, we are good, point... they're all good debates though aren't they in the kind well, of they thing are, honestly, about on the radio yeah Absolutely. Well, yeah. So basically, this story in um, the Daily Mail triggered a conversation piece. That's what I'm trying to say here. So the thing is, you know, the, the, the key about radio is that you can't go on and sell something like yeah. I make uh, a packet of dog treats made out of caviar. Therefore, I'm going to go on to the radio and talk about my dog treats that are made out of caviar. I mean, you know, um, there will be radio has to be balanced so you know often you'll have someone else on with you to say well you know is it really ethical for dogs to eat caviar you know and where um you know is it isn't this taking things a little bit too far um you know is the price you know there's got to be a debate because it is a conversation in real life and in that way it is I suppose totally more I mean three-dimensional than print um and of course, you've you know you are selling a, a concept rather than a product. Certainly on the BBC, anyway. I mean, perhaps you know that's the main network that I do go on. Um, but I think even if you go on a commercial station like Talk Radio. You mustn't be too salesy. I think yes. this is the whole point. You've really got to extend it out. Um, 
a bit more. So, for example, Canny Cross people maybe could have jumped on that um, caviar treat story yeah. by saying, well, actually, your dog might actually get you know, more benefit, more focus, more fun, more uh, long lasting entertainment from you by going out for a run rather than being, you know, fed caviar treats. So mm. it's a story to actually spin off of. Yeah, definitely. So that's what I, I mean. I talk about this till I'm blue in the face that you can't just rock up to the journalist and say write about my thing or write about me write about my product you have to come up with an angle and give them something so you're giving them content for their radio show or their magazine or whatever their outlet is rather than saying this is me tell all of your listeners about me so um I love that you've 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 explained it really well there and and it is about looking I I but when I'm working with clients, I always get them to look at their top, you know, have their topics that they have and they look for look for when it's in the news. So if dog treats are in the news, there's a chance that they can go and talk about it on the radio, which you've just brilliantly explained. So that's really, really helpful. Um, one thing that people do ask a lot about is how do you go about being on the radio? So I know you've got your own show and I know that you're really um, you're really busy on social media and you're also really approachable as well. But if somebody wanted to go on their local radio station, how would they go about approaching them? Would they approach the hosts or would they, or there is like a booker to contact? How would you suggest that they go about that? Um, okay. So, and I think with local radio, it's, you know, really, really easy, really, really great because local radio is um, about community. So local businesses in the area, success stories, you know, um, you know, tipping a certain point in the number of sales or the number of dogs you've groomed or whatever yeah. it might be is something quirky and interesting you know and dogs are always in the news so I think dogs are on everyone's radar at the moment yeah. so I would do a two-pronged attack I would actually email the presenter um, and do research on the presenter yeah. you know if the presenter is allergic to dogs um, <laughs> you know maybe not that presenter yeah. <laughs> You know, um, so a bit think out of the box on that. But then, you know, and then find the producer of that presenter that is potentially a dog lover. Um, find the address and everything of the station. If you've got physical products that you'd like to gift, you know, <laughs> send in some gifts. So, you know, it, it's not about bribery and corruption, but it will get you noticed. Yeah. If maybe not for right now, but for six months down the line. What I think with radio, what I've learned over the years, you know, I have been honoured to be chatting on the radio now on a regular basis for, um, well, we started barking at the moon at night I'll never forget it was January the 13th Rachel yeah 2010 wow okay yeah so it's over 12 years now yeah pretty much you know well every week you know um that's a long time isn't it yeah and I really hope I have learned something in that time because I was never trained to go on radio and I think often that's better um I think I am able to have a conversation I know I've always got a huge amount to say and <laughs> I know you're going to ask me about that because that's also really important when you're on there yeah that's a good thing though you want to have people who are happy to talk rather than people who just give you one word answers don't you it can be really hard work and also on podcasts as well it's the same you want you want talkers don't you we will talk about that in a moment but um I wanted to ask you as well 
if you um if you have any advice on so you've you've sent off your pitch you've been invited on the radio or maybe somebody's contacted you and said would you come and talk about this thing what what advice would you give when it comes to preparing for an interview so you come across um so you come across in the best way you can um okay so prepare 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 um Again, if it's an interview just with you and the presenter, you know, um, I think that's quite quite straightforward, you know, because mm-hmm. um, you'll be talking about a campaign or a story someone else maybe said that was in the paper that you've said, well, look, you know, Joe Bloggs has just said this, you know, we, you know, we'd like to actually offer a counter view to, to this person's statement. Um, and we're local to your radio station. And we've just um, sold our millionth product and groomed our millionth dog. Um, so we can talk about this and flesh out the fact that Joe Bloggs's statement was perhaps a bit off the mark, you know, then that's just going to be, you know, two people talking where it can get a little bit more complicated and where you know (laughs) sometimes even the best preparation can't prepare you is when you're you know doing um well I suppose I could quote shallow Rachel you know my conversation I did actually have only yesterday um on the Jeremy Vine show with um talking about the, the the Pope's quite radical uh comments about uh people being desperately selfish if they don't have children and they actually opt to have a pet instead of a child That's and me. how that, that <laughs> Sorry. It's me and how um, we uh, apparently, Rachel, diminish our humanity by doing that. Oh, and it was those two words, diminish humanity, that particularly, you know, poked me. And being a bit of a terrier, you know, I just thought, no, 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 you know, can't, can't be having any of this. Um, so anyway, long story short, I end up going head to head with the Pope's biographer, which you've got to say, I mean, seriously, I'm still laughing about it. It only happened <laughs> yesterday. But it's sort of, and I learned that I was head to head with this person who was terribly eloquent and knew his stuff. Uh, um, and obviously was very pro what the Pope had said, which is right, because it was the BBC and there has to be balance. And so, but that, again, you know, I wasn't going on there really to sell anything in particular. Yes. Um, I was, you know, doing my very best to defend <laughs> um, dogs and and women generally who, you know, quite rightly decide for whatever reason that they either don't want children or, of course, if people, you know, aren't able to have children. I mean, it's a very, very difficult subject to yeah. uh to do but I did a good job and I I, um, stood my ground and it's also in those situations to be aware of what people could do to kind of win the argument Mm -hmm. some people will perhaps really hog the microphone and they might try tactics like speaking over you to distract you to knock you sideways um weaken your argument you know create nerves so it's to be ready really for anything which is what I did think at that time two minutes before going on air yesterday and almost any amount of preparation at that point um it's going to work because your brain will have been absorbed yeah in the preparation for something like this. So I, I and and to remember that in a conversation that's live, something that we don't do a lot of anymore, really, the more we're relying on social media, oh, not my favorite thing, um, 
to work to communicate with people you know we're yeah. not using speech we're not using facial expressions we're not using real life anymore um so i think more and more people will get out of um out out of the uh, habit out of the ability to to speak like this i think which is really awful and i really hope that doesn't happen but um i think technology is um overtaking our lives a bit yeah it's that ability to think on your feet as well and when you um when you're going head to head with somebody who's got a different opinion and you've completely been and you know you're having curveballs thrown at you or like in your case you were only told who it was two minutes before you went on air it's about how as you say you you practice 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 and prepare um but it's like how do you how do you get the information that's in your head especially when you're going head to head with somebody whose opinion is so different to you how do you get that information to sound good and I guess that comes with time doesn't it but do you have any other advice on how to how to make you know how to get that information in your head to sound good for you to sound articulate and for you to kind of calm those nerves as well yeah um I think (laughs) my headphones fall off um (laughs) I think yeah exactly good so um it is it is um you've got to steal yourself um and the, the the key thing is not to show any nerves in your voice yeah and just to be aware of that. And the other the other way is to not think about how many people are listening. Yeah. For me, anyway, if I think, oh, God, there is, I don't know how many listeners Jeremy has. I think it's about five million. So if I suddenly was thinking, oh, no, there's five million people listening right now, um, then you crumble. Yeah. It is literally to think of it as a conversation. It's a shame it all has to be done on Zoom now and so on and not in a studio because you obviously can't go into a BBC studio at the moment. So everything is down the line. Um, you know, in real life, you know, back in the day, as it were, yeah, it's great. You can read people's facial expressions and, you you know, you're looking somebody in the eye and you, you get the real genuine old-fashioned human to human conversation so it is difficult much more difficult when you're down the line um definitely um you just have to steal your, yourself got some stock phrases in your head you know what you've got to do yeah. you've got to defend dogs against the pope you know you've got to highlight you know the bigger picture the pope was really not talking <laughs> about modern times it might have been talking about you know a long time ago and that's not the situation anymore so present it like that um and um and fire really and then there comes a point in the um conversation where it's almost like you have to suddenly go into fifth gear really yeah. quickly and put a bit of emotion into it because you also have to think that you are talking to your fourth wall which is of course the audience yeah. right it is there and I've learned over time listening to a lot of radio that less is more I've had to work on that because I can be a bit of a windbag myself which I probably mm. am being now but um um just trying to explain it is quite difficult um yeah. actually there comes a point where you either fight to win the argument or you give in really basically and that takes a bit of courage and you need to know what you're going to say and um it either happens or it doesn't and when that point comes in the conversation you don't really know because you don't really know what the other person's going to say this is the thing isn't it and I do hope um people listening I uh, if you're listening and you're thinking about doing radio and um you know Anna's just described that quite a challenging situation and I know you're you're, you know, you've been 
on the radio for a long time and you've got a PR background, journalism background. So you are like you are. So um, it's something that although it must be challenging at times, it's, it, you know, you've had a lot of experience there. If you're listening and you've got a small business, please don't be scared of going on the radio because. Oh, no, I situations, don't mean Yeah, these situations are few and far between, aren't they? Generally, like as you were saying before, you'd be chatting about um chatting about you know the fact that you've groomed 10,000 dogs or you've trained 300 puppies or whatever it is but knowing how to being prepared about having those stock messages those stock phrases in your head or written down in front of you is going to it's going to serve you well whether it's a nice comfortable chat or whether you're going head to head with the pope's biographer either way it's going to really help isn't it Absolutely. You know, there is some expression that you've got to prepare for every five minutes of radio, you prepare for 20 minutes, something like that. There is some ratio, um, you know, which I don't think anyone ever has time. So to go on air for an hour, I don't know what the maths is on that. You know, that's (laughs) you spend the whole week preparing (laughs) so you know you you can't see that but you also really need to know your subject is what I also always say yeah definitely no it's really really great that you've come so good that we're recording this today after your epic appearance it's so good I know (laughs) I know I know Rachel honestly it was totally mad yesterday it really was um you know, because I was preparing for the environmental argument. So I'd re-listened to episode two of my podcast, actually, where I do tackle environmental issues with dogs, you know, that are dogs bad for the environment? You know, there's a big argument to say that they are, okay? And then there's the whole argument that you counter that with. So it's like debating, really, yeah. you know, um, but also trying to be entertainment. Yeah. Oh, you're always entertaining, Anna. Um, but I'm glad that you just said that about what do you do? Uh, I'm glad you just said that about having prepared for one thing and then it going in a different direction. Because one of um, one of my clients, Angela, she's a canine massage. Um, canine, she's a canine masseuse, um, and she's um, she's great. She's been on the radio before, and she wanted to ask actually what to do if you go on and you think you're going to be talking about one thing and then the direction. Um, or the topic changes um, what would you do in that situation obviously you're going to have done your prep but um, you know what would you do if the conversation went in a way that you went in a direction that you weren't happy um, about well it kind of happened yesterday actually because um, the Pope's biographer basically went first sort of depends as well who's going to go first in in this situation and so he tried to basically I suppose pull the wool away from the heat, the pressure of the Pope by saying that his comments were taken out of context, that it was all, you know, uh, unfair and overreaction because of his speech that was going on in St. Mark's Square and it's an annual occurrence um, that I really knew nothing about. And he was really you know, using a lot of, um, I suppose, religious jargon. And he really tried to basically say, you know, set the ground that this was ridiculous and overreaction and the Pope's perfectly perfect and he doesn't mean anything by what he said. Um, So I then had to, it was like, right. So then you have to think, well, actually, no, because I'm not sure about this. So you've got to go back and say, yes, but it's, it's not right because of A, B and C to create a bit of a dynamic again. You know, yeah. I could have gone, oh, well, that's all right then. Um, thank you very much. <laughs> you know, So you, you need to be able to, I call it ping and pong, but it's bat and ball, you know. Yeah. 
Oh no, I'm absolutely, I absolutely love it. It just, sound, I can't wait to listen to it because it sounds fascinating and like such a good chat. Um, I wanted to ask you as well because you were talking about your experience yesterday, and and I wanted this kind of this is a question for you, I think, as a host as well as somebody who is regularly interviewed on the radio. But um, do you is there anything that you look out for when you're when you're either a host, when you're giving people cues, or when you are being interviewed yourself? Is there any kind of how do you know when you should stop talking, basically? Yeah, I know, and I'm verbose, so yeah, it's a good question. Um, yeah. it's, it's like having a natural conversation, really, you know. So I did stop. I went back at this chap. Yeah. And I just gave sort of three good reasons as to why the Pope's comments were a little bit perhaps out of order, okay, to – and then – it was enough just not to be too much. It was like, yes, okay, that's a nice amount of information to throw back at him. Let's see what he says now. Um, You've got to be aware of the fourth wall. Yeah. Really. And that is also without thinking about it too much because Mm -hmm. the fourth wall is a lot of people. Yes. So if you were on stage, it's like filling Drury Lane, you know, you know, so, but they're physically not there because mm-hmm. they're listeners. So it's kind of this weird thing. Um, you do have to be aware of the fourth wall, but not too aware because their nerves can set in, really can. Well, they do, do does for me anyway. If I think too much about the fact loads of people are listening, I can suddenly get conscious, too conscious. Then you stumble and then ums and ahs come in. And it's just better just think you're just talking to that one person like you might do in the pub over a beer yeah and also I guess you think about how you want to come across as well don't you and do you want to come across as somebody who is either going on too much or who is bullish or you know you it's about having that self-awareness about you as well isn't it yeah yeah actually really good point so yesterday you know yes I and it was praise that I did mention all the right points. You know, I didn't try and talk over anybody. Uh, he did try and talk over me, which was a sign, I think. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I overrode it. I just stood yeah. my ground on that. Um, because if I'd let him talk over me, oh my, you know, that's A, just not done. And B, it sounds dreadful to the fourth wall. Absolutely yeah. awful. Um, and it, it was quite funny. And Jeremy stepped in, actually. He said, you know, it's Anna's time to talk. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. Like, imagine if so it happened in the studio. On. Well, yeah, but in the studio, it kind of probably would have been better because you've yeah. got, you know, facial expressions, you've got hand language you can use. And it's it's also quite good. As one of my friends said, who has, have list, has, has listened, said, oh, the frisson, the frisson. Um, it was really good. Yeah, it's quite entertaining. It's like, oh, crumbs, what's going to happen next? I feel like he's send us. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, it's, no. a good, it's a good listen, isn't it? Definitely. Well, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. And you should feel utterly exhausted when you come off something like that. Absolutely exhausted. Um, It's funny because the kind of the concentration, um, you know, and you just don't know if you're going to get enough time to say what you want to say. I mean, you know, you have to be prepared. You have to be 
prepared with the messages you want to give, if it's say about your firm or, yeah. or your campaign, um, think where can the presenter take this conversation, either talking about their personal experience of something with their own dog or their friend's dog or, you know, um, maybe ridiculing it a little bit, yeah. you know, being a bit ironic, a bit cheeky with you, you know, don't sound hurt, don't think, you know, don't get defensive. I think being yeah. defensive on air comes over very, very much, you know, take things on the chin, but just try to be polite, really. Yeah. And kind of a little bit ahead of the other person and say things without saying things yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, I think, I, you know, I was quite damning to the human condition yesterday, actually, but um, I, I didn't. I said it quite well. I, I I think so. Anyway, gosh, I'm really panicking. Actually, Rachel, talking about God. <laughs> um, <laughs> but listen, it was a very tricky, you know, and it wasn't, you know, um, your average average chat, really. Yeah. Um, it wasn't your average chat. It's just the looming thought of annoying anybody who was a Catholic was just, you know, <laughs> too much of a worry in my head. <laughs> yeah. No, I can completely imagine, but um. A couple of things that, that popped up when you were talking, when you were chatting there that I thought um, I thought were really useful. One thing I think people might like to know is, um, you know, is there a, have you got any guidance on how long an answer should be? Um, yeah, you keep it on the shorter side because yeah. what you want really is for people to ask you another question. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got to remember that an average radio interview isn't very long, all right? So you're going to get 10 minutes. So in that, say, which would be quite generous. Yeah. So in 10 minutes, it goes very, very quickly. Um, and really, that's three questions, yeah. perhaps. So... Yeah, just be ready for it. Just imagine you're having a conversation with somebody, you know, over a spot of lunch or something. And they're going to go, so tell me about your campaign. Right. Campaign is one, two, three, the main things. Bush. Then that's going to allow the, the, the presenter to come back and maybe pick up on one of those three points that might have a personal resonance to <laughs> them. Right. Yeah. And that could still allow you then after you've answered about point three to go, yes. And what's also interesting is because of point one of my campaign and then the presenter will play ball with you and go, yeah, no, that is actually a really good point. I hadn't thought yeah. of that, but wow. Yes. Perhaps if you can, for example, on the radio last night, we were talking about this, this really lovely guy that support all these fields, okay, because dog walking in parks is becoming a little bit troublesome at the moment due to pandemic puppies perhaps not having had the the best training um, uh, opportunities. It's not their fault. So it's all down to the pandemic. But, um, you know, so people are hiring fields for an hour at a time so that you, Rachel and Patch, could go to a two and a half acre field and have the whole place to yourself. It's such a great idea, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, really is actually. So really is. And more and more. So, for example, that was a guest we had on last night. So nothing 
super groundbreaking or whatever. I mean, it's just literally allowing someone to have the space to walk their dog in peace and quiet. But of course, for reactive dogs, rescue dogs, even helping people that are perhaps nervous around dogs, meet dogs in a nice controlled environment so they overcome their nerves, a huge amount of benefits. And it's, what do you pick up on? And we had him on for quite a long time because this whole subject resonated Mm. um, a lot with both Joe and I for different reasons. Yeah. Oh my gosh, definitely. And, you know, it's, and also he's going on your show and he knows that you, you, you guys, you know, you love dogs and, you know, he's not going on there saying, I've got this brilliant electric shot collar. He's talking about something that's lovely and beneficial and, and that you're going to be really warm and receptive about and, and celebrate, aren't you? Yeah. And that's the beauty, I guess, of, you know, Barky at the Moon, you know, it it's very dog centric and pro dog. So and I think, you know, with any dog service, it's ideal that you do try and go on to somebody who who does like dogs. I mean, for example, I did Trisha Goddard. That was the hard interview on uh, talk radio not that long ago, running into Christmas. Um about dangerous dogs as unfortunately there'd been a couple of incidents uh where a couple of children had lost their lives you know and um it's that's a tricky also very tricky situation to be in to defend dogs in that situation when there have been some deaths but I managed that that really well as well actually only because I'm so passionate about bull breeds and it's not always their fault and you know the law is so fatally flawed in so many ways um but Trisha did give me a hard time on it, though, actually. And I know she's a massive dog lover. I enjoyed it in a way. I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, because she really, in a way, got it all out of me about, you know, why it really isn't that dog's fault. Mm. Yeah, which is which is great, isn't it? That's, you know, yeah. that's what you're passionate about. I think that's an important thing to consider as well. When you are going, you know, if people are going on the radio or thinking about going on the radio, remember that passion, that why, that's that, you know, that why might be that you want to help dogs with separation anxiety or you want to work with rescue dogs from Romania, whatever it is, whatever it is that drives you. If you are feeling nervous, think about that why and why people need to hear from you and why your message is so important, because that will help steal yourself and help keep you going, won't it? And it is important to get those messages out there, def- for sure. Um, it really is. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask a little bit about us um about building rapport as well. So I know you talked about the, the guy with the dog feels like you're gonna have instant rapport there, but is there anything uh, that you can do to kind of build rapport when it comes to um putting yourself forward to go on the radio and working with radio hosts and presenters? Well, I suppose just putting a pitch together that's simple and clear for a start and, you know, being affable. It's it's an adjective I've recently started to use, okay, because I think it does describe things really well. You know, you want to be affable. You don't want to be annoying. You don't want to be preachy. You don't want to be, you know, Oh, I don't know how to describe it really. Just want to be friendly. Yeah. You know, um, you've got you've got something to say, and why not? You know, we live in a democracy. People want to hear people's thoughts. Mm. And that's radio, really. Um, I, I just well, I I'm a I love radio. Um, I really do as a medium, and I think that's why obviously I launched my podcast and and, and similarly, obviously, your podcast, Rachel, um, podcasts are going through the roof yeah. at the moment. 
And then you've got to say why and why. It's because I really think too much visual stuff drains us, confuses us. And when you're listening, your attention is there, you know. And so you want to remember people are really absorbed and want to yeah. hear your thoughts. Um yeah, and not to be shy, that's the thing as well. Nothing bad can happen. Yeah. You're just having a chat. I mean, of course, you can mull it over afterwards. Yeah. Perhaps a bit too long. <laughs> then, you know, total mental health going on because yeah. you're like, oh, no, if only I'd done it like this. I mean, of course, I every week I, I would think, oh, you know, sometimes, you know, with barking at the moon and, and the barking hour, it's like, oh, no. Particularly when people ring in for advice. It's live and I have no idea who might be ringing in about what. Um, and so you've got to think very quickly, okay, it's a bulldog with separation anxiety, for example, or whatever, 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 itchy paws, uh, you know, waxy ears, itchy, you know. So you've got to think, right, boom, 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 boom. And um, and then you say, oh, no, if only I said it the other way. Everyone does that. Everybody everybody yeah. and I honestly believe as well no one likes listening back nobody no. likes it I heard Jonathan Ross can't even do it once years ago I don't know if it's true or not but I read somewhere I can't remember years ago because I was amazed so I you know I think I well loved watching the Jonathan Ross show um uh yeah he can't bear it can't listen back to himself on on radio interesting isn't it yeah, and I think really. everyone has that yeah so don't don't think that that's weird either, you yeah. know. Yeah, this is this is the thing, isn't it? And I think we are. We it can make you very self conscious. Even doing this podcast, I listen to my voice and think, "Oh my god, I sound like some kind of demented Smurf." But you know, I know that it, I know that it's helpful for people. So sometimes we have to get past that feeling of not liking our voice or not liking how we look on video or whatever, and think about you know why we're doing what we do. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about as well, um, because when I did my when I was working on putting my podcast together one of the things I had I was really lucky I had some had some support from a guy who's worked with a lot of podcasters over the years um, and he was telling me things to do to make my podcast sound listen toable and one of the things was about turning up the volume on on your voice and always like you know some days you might wake up and feel a bit rubbish and you've got to go and record a podcast so you've got to go and do a radio chat um, but you've really got to turn up the volume haven't you have you got any advice on like how to sound enthusiastic and how to um you know come across in the best way possible well gosh I don't know if you've got any tips it's like you've just got to do it yeah you know you, you can't go hello yes <laughs> I've just trained my thousands poodle <laughs> you know, someone's going to be going right really well that's good let's uh, yeah let's roll the dial yeah. let's go you know change channels pretty quick I mean, you know it's that affable thing again yeah. you know so for example yesterday with Jeremy I hadn't spoken to him obviously already this year because it's only the first week of Jan so and I kind of thought right so Jeremy's going to go hello Anna and so what am I going to say I'm going to go straight back at him and go oh hello Jeremy thanks for having me on and happy new year you know, start positive. It, you know, it also kills a bit of time, eases you in. Jeremy comes back going, oh, and Happy New Year to you too. Now, you know, and then it carries on. No, it just, yeah, and I think that sets the tone then. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the other thing I was going to ask you about as well is is the, I've, I've, I'm working with a few people and 
they are wanting to do more radio interviews, which is really great. Um, and mm. one of the ladies, one of the ladies, Karen, she runs a luxury dog hamper company. She was saying that she appeared on the radio, but she had kept getting feedback and it was, she could hear her own voice echoing and it really threw her because we all can't stand the sound of our own voice, can we? And having that echo, um, she found a little bit discombobulating. So do you have any recommendations for Kit and what kind of things people need if they're going to be doing more radio? Mm, really good question. Um, well, yesterday and, and how um, yesterday I was just doing it on my iPhone, you know, no headphones, just yeah. through the iPhone. But um, I was holding the iPhone. Right? I know I told you about this earlier before we came on it. So I was holding the iPhone just with one hand so that it's kind of like you're talking above the iPhone. Yeah. Um, and that's yeah, we all know that is the best way to um to do to convey your voice so I was kind of naked really I didn't have any gadgets on me at all um but then uh, but it's only a quick interview maximum I knew I'd have five minutes maximum yeah. okay really for that so but then if you're on for a bit longer like for example I've done talk radio well the Trisha Goddard one for example gosh that one was a good 25 minutes for example so a bit different so then I've got a microphone here what brand are you I think it's the Samsung okay which plugs into uh <laughs> it's technical here Rachel you're not talking <laughs> to the best person what no, kit sorry. do you use Anna? <laughs> it's like well uh, um so it's a microphone anyway that plugs into your phone and um it's quite it's quite sensitive I don't know if you can hear me tapping that like yeah. that it is actually a very sensitive mic because when I was doing you know when Obviously, it was a lockdown and everything. I had to do the radio every week into Radio London here in my front room. And Prudence would be tapping around the place or shaking in the corner. She went off, actually, to have a drink in the kitchen at one point, And she drinks so loudly. But this microphone is so sensitive. Everyone can hear Prudence just having a good old drink in the background, you know. So, um yeah, I think a sensitive microphone is is quite good because I think it does pick up the nuances and depth of your voice. But look, yeah. I'm not an audio engineer, really. Um, and then I've got some um, Sony headphones on at the moment, which are noise cancellation ones. So those are the mm -hmm. ones you need. OK. Yes. Now, um, I think AirPods, you can have that with AirPods as well. So noise cancellation headphones and and a mic. And there are you can get some quite reasonably priced um, mics on Amazon as well. Um, oh, so. yeah. I mean, this one was under 100 quid. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a little Rode one. Um, it's a Rode Mini that I'm using at the moment. And that was, I think it was on like Black Friday offer or something. It was about 55 quid, which was I'm really happy with. So, so that's all yeah. good. Yeah. 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 So finally, Anna, um, any do's and don'ts when it comes to, I know you've mentioned quite a few um, as we've been chatting, but are there any kind of do's and any any no-nos when it comes to um, being on the radio? I know we've talked about quite a few, but what would be your kind of biggies when it comes to things not to do on the radio? Um, well, you know, don't swear. I mean, it's yeah. like the big one, obviously, but we all know that. Um, you know, when you're on the BBC, for example, don't mention any brands. It just annoys people, you know. Um I made that mistake. Uh, and I think the thing is, you learn from your mistakes, don't you? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I said Harrods on BBC Breakfast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so 
you know, massive faux pas, really. And of course, you know, for weeks afterwards, I'd wake up in a cold sweat in the middle of the night thinking, could I have really done that? And I did. And it was a mistake and it slipped out. So you've just got to be a bit careful with things like that. Um, and on commercial radio, really the same. And um, yeah, just just have energy and, and, and passion about what you, what you want to talk about, really. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. Okay. So um, I think we've covered so much there and it's been really lovely chatting to you. Um, and I know we talk a lot anyway, we talk, quite, we, we talk pretty regularly, don't we? Um, and you've been kind enough to come and speak to my clients a few times. Um, but no, it's been really, really great chatting to you. Um, if people want to find out more about you and what you do, what is the best, um, what's the best, where's the best place for them to go to? Well, I suppose, um, you know, my website, which yeah. is easy, it's just annaweb.co.uk um, and tune in, you know, to Barky at the Moon on Radio London mm-hmm. every Thursday at 11 o'clock at night. Um, and my podcast is A Dog's Life with Anna Webb and it's on all platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's about it really. And then I suppose my social media handle as well is at Anna Webb Dogs. There you go. That's all of it, really. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, so I will put all of the I will put all of the links that you've mentioned there in the show notes that go with this episode. So if you're listening on an app, then you can swipe up and you can go directly to Anna's website and her podcast and her um, social media handles. Um, and then I guess to finish up with, what would your message be to pet businesses who are thinking they'd like to do radio but they feel a bit nervous? What would your advice be to them? Um. Don't be nervous. Yeah. Give it a try. Don't be nervous. Um, I say with with local radios, we said earlier, you know, and local businesses, it, it's it's of relevance, you know. And I know Rachel, you know, with your expertise, your journalistic expertise, it's all about pegging stories, products, services onto something in the bigger picture. Yeah. Um, and if you think of doing that. Um, little bit of flair, bit of sense of humour, um, never goes amiss either, actually. I mean, for me, I like to inject some humour wherever I can. Partly maybe is nerves, but I think humour is a great form of communication and we mustn't forget it. And I think we are forgetting it in, in our world. I think sense of humour goes a long way. Yeah, fabulous. So if you're listening and you're thinking about doing some radio, I hope that listening to Anna has made you think, right, I'm going to go for it because you've got loads of fabulous advice there. So thank you, Anna, so much for coming on the show. It's been brilliant chatting to you and I will look forward to speaking to you soon. Absolutely. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast. For more free resources and ways to promote yourself as a pet entrepreneur, visit www.publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk.